Hey, thanks so much for joining us today on Not the Pastor. This is Thomas, and wanted to let you know that we are running an encore episode today. We are jumping all the way back to our fifth episode with Luke Sorensen. Now, Luke had a wonderful conversation with him about leadership, and this is good, helpful information just to be reminded as we are trying to be servant leaders in local churches. Without further ado, let's go ahead and jump right back in to our original introduction. Here we go. I do want to make mention, though, he does mention a couple of different times in this interview, the youth conference. And he refers to that in a very casual way. That's because he was a part of Greater Portland Baptist Church for a number of years. And Greater Portland Baptist Church hosts a youth conference for the, for Northwest teenagers. And man, it's a, it's a wonderful conference and have gotten to go there myself for a number of years. And and so he mentions that and talks about it a couple of different times and wanted to make sure that you knew what he was talking about there as he mentions that. So we want to jump into this episode as Luke talks about leadership. I think it's going to be a help to you. Here we go. I am super glad to have Luke here with us. Luke, thanks so much for joining us. And man, tell us about yourself, where you're from. Introduce yourself to our listeners, if you would, at this time. Well, super grateful to be invited on. Um, I originally come from Woodland, Washington, just north of Portland, and grew up on a farm out there with my family. Grew up in a kind of a homeschooled, very uh, sheltered environment and loved it. Very much, very grateful for my parents and heritage there. And then, um, bottom line, I now am over in Central Oregon, Prineville, Oregon, is where I live. Um, I work for a company over there and um, run a branch for them and. Really, really just get to raise my family in a good community and in a small town type setting like I grew up in and um, really, really love that, really enjoy where we're at. I've got my, my wife, uh, Allie, uh, we've been married for, we're coming up 10 years in December and um, I also have four children. I have an eight-year-old daughter, who's my eldest, and then I've got three uh, very rambunctious uh, heathenistic boys who are not so <laughs> great for them, the sooner the better. Those um, are the yeah. best kind. Uh, yeah. Oh, I'll tell you what, it's, uh, you know, the Lord, uh, the Lord does know how to try your patience and knows exactly what I needed. And I t- apparently needed patience. And so I've got uh, Lance, who's my, who's my eldest, he's six. And then I've got, um, he might be seven. I don't even remember. And then I've got Logan, <laughs> Logan who just turned five. And then uh, Lyle, who just turned three in January. But Two of them that are autistic, uh, Lance, my eldest, and my youngest are autistic. So we've been enjoying a whole new world of, of learning, learning how to let them be themselves, and and also learning a world of how to how to raise raise special needs boys and have a good time while we're doing it. So, yeah, a lot of wow. funny stories there that we don't probably want to get into today for the sake of time, but I could keep you laughing. Well, maybe we can have another episode in the future on, on that. I think seriously, I think that would be that would be an, of an interest to some people is just sort of the the testimony there and dealing with that. But Luke, I know you have a full time job. Is that correct? You're working yep. full time, and then also working. Um, you, you corrected me not as a staff member there, but being a, a help to your pastor and just doing the the work there of what. I mean, really what a staff person would do in some of the ways that you described that to me. How, how do you balance the work life, the church, the family? Uh, how, how do you balance that, get time to all those with the unique situations that you're looking at there? That's yeah, a good question. And so I, uh, 
I've had the privilege of being over here in Central Oregon for three years now and um, just serving serving my pastor. So I want to say serving alongside, but just whatever he needs. So there's there's times when that means I get to do something at the church. And there's times when it just means I get to sit in church and not do anything. I'd Coming from a big church, that was a big step back for me, but necessary for the family. Um, and so we are very privileged to to, to serve with and, and be a part of uh, Pastor Skip Hinton and Missy Hinton's church there in, at Grace Baptist in Prineville. And I do work a full-time job. I've been a part of the company that I work for for nine years. We actually will be celebrating our, our nine-year anniversary on this coming on Sunday. Uh, will be the nine-year actually official day. And it's uh, it's been fun. It's been a, it's been quite the run. It's very um, it's a fast-growing company. It's a lot of it's a lot of work and it's not just a 40 hour week job. There's a lot of commitment. And I, I believe in keeping the balance that you really can only serve one master. It's very difficult because when you are, and obviously you understand when you're working a full-time job and then you're also trying to be a full-time family person, full-time dad, and then a full-time Christian, and then also trying to support your pastor and support your church. It's been a lot and I've dealt with some health issues during that time with myself and also my wife. And so it's it has been balanced. And I would go to say this, one is I'm still learning. And secondly, there is there is balance and there should be balance. If there's not balance, there's a problem. Right. And uh, one of the things as I focus on on leadership, one of the one of the chapters that John Maxwell writes is a is a chapter on the law of priorities. And he talks about three questions you have to ask yourself when you're trying to balance things out, when you're trying to figure things out about not just being busy, because it's easy to be busy when you're working a full-time job and trying to be a part of the church and trying to be a husband and be a dad. He said these three questions, what is required of me personally? There's a lot of there are certain things that I'm required. I'm required to work a job. I have to pay the bills. I have to run my family. That's important. What gives me the greatest return? Meaning there's certain things just because I can do it doesn't mean I should do it. Kind of a concept. As a leader in my workplace and also as a dad and also as someone who's really still struggling and trying to be a support to the pastor, there is certain things that I should do and certain things I, I, I probably should just say no to. And that and trying to learning to say no has been a life lesson um, that I'm still learning. I don't like to say no. Third question is this, just to summarize, is what brings you the greatest reward? So I have stuff that's required. The have stuff that's going to give me, like I have, that's going to give me the best reward. Like what should I focus on? And then on top of all that, what is going to bring me the greatest value in what my purpose, like what should I be doing that's going to bring me joy and, yes. um, and results, if you would. Yeah. That's so good. I mean, we're talking about leadership here, but starting with self-leadership, it sounds like. I mean, coming from that, before we can lead others, we have to lead ourselves. But, but you mentioned something specifically there, saying no, Brother Luke. Can can you maybe share what, I mean, in your opinion, what are some of the the greatest challenges in that? Or, or maybe what are some of the hardest things for us as men to say no to? There's a lot. There's a lot in that question. Um uh, I'll say it this way because I don't want to. I don't want to mislead because I'm still working on this. When I came over to Central Oregon, I was uh, I'd been working a full time job for a while, but it was a different different position. I was being the official general manager and had a lot more, a lot more required of me, a lot more responsibility. And and I am the kind of person that really loves to dive into the church thing, and I want to teach Sunday school, and I want to run activities, and I want to you know, uh, three to thrive and whatever else I can get in the door. And there was a point where, where my wife had to, to ask me and, 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 and say, Hey, could we just have six months of you getting plugged into the church, but not serving, not that you can't take out the trash and clean the toilets, but right. not in a position of trying to be the boss kind of a deal is, is really what she was saying. And, and that, 
that took a lot because I want to serve. I have a calling that I believe is all about people and serving Jesus. And she wasn't trying to be selfish with that, but she was trying to say, just, you need to breathe and make what is required to the office started. Now I'm grateful I did that because we got a great start to the office. And then I was able to, to, to get into a children's church type setting and really start teaching and, and balance that out. Um, our impulse as people, but also as men is to just try to solve the problem. And no matter where you look, I can, I make up problems. I, <laughs> I, I just, if, if there's not a problem, I'm going to make one up so I can solve it. And so sometimes, you know, get, getting into a church or getting into the office or getting into even family, I want to, I want to fix a problem. So I'm going to jump to it. And sometimes there's a, there's a point I was thinking last night um, and I don't have it right in front of me, so I might misquote this, but um, sometimes it's better to remain silent and appear to be a fool than open your mouth and remove all doubt. Yes. And so yep. Really, it's just a matter of sometimes it's just shut up and listen and, and understand that um, for me, it's been difficult because when I was single, I was busy, busy, busy serving, serving, serving. I'm not single anymore. I have a wife who's my priority. I have a family who's my priority. And I had to stop and sit back and actually not, not do activities that I, didn't need to do that weren't my responsibility and look at, okay, as a family, how are we going to serve as a family, which is why I got more into the children's side of things because I have children in the children's church and to be able to pastor and parent and love my kids while helping love other kids was, was kind of paradise. I hope that answers your question. Yeah, no, it does. It sounds like you're just as involved as ever, but just involved in a smarter way. I'm, what I'm hearing is you said no to certain things so that you could say yes to better things. Correct. So the concept that I learned in Bible college was have the greater yes burning inside, meaning that if I say yeah. no to certain things, there's certain things I will be able to say yes to. And I've had to make that a priority, like, okay, I can't attend every activity, but because I can't attend every one, the ones that I do attend, I'm able to commit more to. So That's I get to preacher and pastor as he needs and whenever, you know, if he needs to take a break or, or is sick. And that's a great privilege that I that I don't take for granted. Well, because I'm not swamped in every other aspect of the church, it's pretty easy for me to say, yeah, no problem. I've got that covered and actually put the, the effort and responsibility behind the message that I'll be bringing yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, that makes it's sense. a great example uh, yeah. that, uh, because I'm not teaching four other classes and running 15 Bible studies through the week, I'm able to preach when my pastor needs it. And that that's a fantastic example of that. So good. So brother Luke, we've already jumped into this idea of leadership. Um, you've made that uh, point of study in your life is the way that I would look at it from the outside, looking in, right. Watch the Facebook post, the videos that you post. And it seems like almost all of them have this tie back to um, leadership. Why has that been such a big part of your life? And speak to that for, for a moment. I love leadership. Leadership is a passion and I believe that leadership makes all the difference. Um, I believe you can have two individuals and um, in the same task and the leader and leadership teamwork will get the result done and well with, with some fun involved potentially. And the person who's not the leader will make it miserable. I've worked for managers and I've worked for leaders. And I'll tell you what, I will work for the leader again. And at this point, I'm probably not even friends with the manager. And so um, several years ago, and, and really, I didn't really understand what leadership was, um, even though I've seen leadership and went to Bible college and saw it there. I just didn't understand what is leadership. If I, were to, I mean, I'll ask you guys, what is the definition of leadership? 
can I ask you that back in return? <laughs> can you tell us? Yeah. I was hoping you say that. So <sighs> please just, tell us. Most people, most people don't even know that like leadership yeah. is just, it's the, it's the boss or the person who tells everyone what to do, or it's someone who right. leads the way, leads by example. And there's so much more. The cool thing about leadership is it's more than just leadership. It's more than just a one word uh, definition. Leadership is influence, nothing more, nothing less. So with leadership and and, I, and then from a ministry standpoint, I was watching pastors who were leading their church and the church was following, not because they had to or required to, but because they were being led and they wanted to. And then I watch other different uh, scenarios where there'd be a position of leadership, a position of title, but nobody wanted to attend or go or be a part of it because the leadership wasn't there. There was no desire. And so I had realized um, several years ago at the company that I was working for, they kind of had a a leadership vibe in the class. And, and I didn't have anybody that was managing or leading. I just was out to dinner one time. The owner took me out to dinner and, and he was having a conversation. He's like, I don't, Luke, I don't think you realize how much influence you have. And I, I, that, and I, with, with him as individual, and I was like, well, that's kind of cool. I didn't really think about it. And, and, um, and I thought about it later. I was like, wait a second. I'm not leading anybody. I, I don't really have a title. I was literally of all the people in the office. You have all these top sales guys and top performers. I was the person who was under the background doing customer service. I really wasn't leading anything. Um, and then over time, he taught me to realize that influence has nothing to do with the title. It has to do with an attitude and a spirit. And, and he and taught me that influence itself in the position. I didn't need a position to influence people. I was influencing people. I was leading people because he'd given me an opportunity to serve them. And that's when I realized that I could be the servant, which is what I like to do, and I could be the leader and I could grow. And so um, when, once I realized that, uh, I, just, I just had this desire to learn how to become a leader and then eventually got into put in a position where I actually had to manage and lead people. And then I had to really learn leadership like the right way. And it's, it's been, a, it's been a lot of fun. So good. That's awesome. So what, what would, uh, as you've learned that leadership is influence, can you maybe give us a testimony or a time that you just, that you benefited from that, or maybe you were able to influence someone that maybe you didn't have a position over them, but you just, you served them. And as a result of that, you were able to maybe influence them. Yeah, I'll, I'll try to answer. It's difficult. I don't want to, yeah. you know, don't want to chew my own horn. That's not what yeah. I'm trying to do. I'm, I'm asking you to, so you're, you're not tooting your own horn here. I'm asking you. So there there's a part of me, my desire is to see people saved. That is my own desire. I love, I love witnessing people, witnessing people, see people saved. And so there's been several instances where, and I have to be careful because I don't, I'm not in a position at work where I can share right. the gospel right. or talk to people about the Bible. That's, that's not, yes. there's, you're limited in it. Obviously you work job and you can't just go, especially as a, as somebody who's in management, you're not even allowed to like, it's, it's the kind of, I've had, I've had several people over the last several years and, and, and people I'm still friends with that will probably listen to this, that, um, that I've been able to impact positively just by working. So I have one instance where I was in a position where I wasn't in a position of leadership per se. I was on the same level as them working in the same room in production. Uh, and, uh, over time just was able to, we have, we have friendships you just build and due to the ability that I had been given the opportunity that I've been given to yes. influence them. 
Um, I had someone come to me who was two, two individuals specific at that time from that department come to me and say, hey, we're struggling right now and we would really want wow. is the piece that you have. Like, how do you, how do you have faith? And this was outside of work and I was able to lead two individuals that, that again, still friends with to Jesus that I know are saved on their way to heaven. Um, and I don't know that that would have happened if it had not been the opportunity that I had to influence them without being in the position of, I'm your boss, do what I say. And uh, we leaders get into this. It's, it's like, I don't know if either of you have been put into a new management position or have worked for someone who just got put into the management position. And it just suddenly is like, you're rolling your eyes. Like, okay, I get that you're the boss, but just because you're in charge doesn't mean you're the leader. And there's this level one of leadership from John Maxwell's positional leadership. You follow somebody because you have to, or people follow you and they listen to you because they have to. If you stay at that level of leadership, you're never going to grow your people. You're never going to grow leaders. You're never going to grow yourself and you're never going to influence the result. You're going to demand the result because you can fire them if they don't get it. And there's a point where you have the opportunity to say, no, no, people are going to follow me, not because of the fact that I have a positional leader. I have basically, I'm on level number two, I'm a permission. I'm built on a relationship. People trust me. And that's why they want to follow me, which is why I've really gotten into leadership is because I believe that the opportunity that we have in ministry as people that work in ministry, your volunteers don't have to come work for you. They should want to they should love it and that's the most impactful and really the highest level of leadership is the ability to get people that do not have to do anything to want to go uh, above and beyond for whatever the cause is because you've influenced them to want to come to church or be a part of the youth group or take out the trash i think you nailed it there because that that is so important in the context that that people who are hopefully going to be listening to this show where they're going to be at, they're, they're going to be dealing with a lot of volunteers, a lot of church members that have 40, 50, 60 hour a week jobs. And they, they don't have strictly speaking, or you're not their boss. They don't have to do anything, but if you have that leadership and you, boy, you can, you can use that to influence them to, to serve the Lord. Boy, that's, that's, the only way that you're going to get people in your church right. to stick with it long, long term, and and helping in the ministry—that's so good. Right. Thank you for sharing that, brother Luke. That's awesome. It actually bumps us right to our next question. I feel like as church staff, you have a title by kind of by default, and so that positional leadership that you've already mentioned—we've talked about what there is more to that. What would you say is a good way to what's that next step? I think that there, there's, there's, I, again, I love leadership. So I get the opportunity to read a lot of leadership books and purpose to do that. Plus I get from my employer, my boss, uh, weekly, uh, inputs, leadership chapters and Hey, how, here's this chapter. We're going to go over this. Here's your home. So I, it's a, like in, in, in being a leader, I'm also being led and growing. Um, one of the chapters that John Maxwell writes in his 21 laws of uh, 21 irrefutable laws of leadership is a law of solid ground. And, and this is the concept is trust is the foundation of leadership. Character makes leadership possible and trust makes leadership possible. To build trust, a leader must exemplify these qualities, competence, connection, and character. And that is the law of solid ground. So you have to understand, I can't just have the title of I'm the boss or follow me. I also can't just be connecting. I can't just be the nice guy who's always like, yeah, buddy, buddy, I'm a, I've got you. I'm going to get you back. Because I've met a lot of people like people tap, pat, pat you on the shoulder and say, oh, I'm praying for you, man. When I know they're not praying for me, not that yeah. they are required to but there's no connection there, right? So a fake connection isn't going to get you there. But when you have the competence that says, hey, by the way, I, I can do this. 
I can, I've, I'm going to add value to you. I'm going to give you something you may not have right now, or at least I'm going to be there with you. I have connection. There's a common cause. I understand. I can, I can feel what they're feeling. I, I've got empathy for what's going on as the leader. So if I'm asking someone to take out the trash, a youth conference is a good example. You'll watch the leaders jump in to go take out the trash. That is not the responsibility. That for the value of the, I don't, I need them to connect with the teenagers. There's a lot of us that can take out the trash, but they take out the trash because they want their people to know like, Hey, I'm not above cleaning the toilet. I'm not above taking out the trash, but so you have the competence and the connection and then ultimately character, which is if you're going to say something, do it. And that is where most leaders fail is that they'll, they'll talk a lot of talk, like we're going to do this and we're going to do this. And, I'm gonna, and then they never do it. They never follow through and without follow through. You just violated the first and foremost law of, uh, of the relationship aspect of leadership. And that's trust. If you have no trust, you have no leadership. And there's a lot of ways to build trust. So when, when people ask me like, well, how do I build influence? Well, the best way to build influence is to build trust based on character. Uh, Norman, I want to get this quote right. Uh, General Norman Schwarzkopf says this, leadership is, the, is a potent combination of strategy and character. But if you must be without one, be without strategy. Meaning you cannot have leadership without character. And people have to know that your word is your bond, as well as the backside of it, if I cannot follow through, if I cannot keep my word, then there has to be a very direct conversation to say, hey, I, I let you down. I'm sorry, this would, I spoke out of turn here and own up your mistakes because that's a, a painful part of leadership is when you don't own a mistake. I think what you're touching on is you're, you're right. It's foundation. Trust is that foundation and and follow through. I mean, that that can make or break whether people trust you. Let's be honest, though, being in a ministry context or a bivocational or a situation where like what you're doing, Brother Luke, where you work a full time job, but you're neck deep in the ministry work as well. It can be so easy for things to to slip through the cracks. How How can we improve in our follow through to make sure that as little of that Hap- that you know could, that happens as possible happens. I'm going to go back to because I, I only have tips because I'm learning this as well myself. Where I've overcommitted and had to step back, and I've overcommitted to, even to church. Like, hey, I've, I've overcommitted to my pastor. Like, I can do this, and then due to health reasons or whatnot, maybe I can't, and I have to really wait a second. But it does go back to those first three questions and the no factor. I have to know what I can say no to because I know what I need to say yes to is more important. And it does go back to those first three questions. And this is this is a question I have to ask myself weekly as I'm going through my weekly schedule. This week, what yes. is required? Showing up is required. Work is required. There are reports or uh, results that are required. Secondly, and, and I'm going back on purpose on this, what is going to be the greatest return? I have to do what's going to bring the most benefit to my company while I'm at work or the most benefit to my Lord when I'm at church. And I have to look at what in church, what's going to bring the greatest turn. Sometimes that's taking out the trash. Sometimes that's going and praying with someone who's struggling. Sometimes that's, that's just listening, but what's going to bring the turn. And then ultimately number three is out of all of that, what brings the greatest reward? I love to teach people. I love to lead people. I love to grow and I love to read, but I love to make a difference. And so I have to look at everything I do and say, is, is what I'm doing right now in all the big scheme of things that all the stuff I'm required to do and bring the greatest return, is that going to bring me joy and joy for the glory of God? Meaning I want to teach people. I want to grow people. I want to develop myself, not for my own glory, because I want to become better at what I do to better the lives of those around me and those that might be following me. There's, there's one more thought to that. There are certain things that you're going to be asked to do 
that you need to oversee making it happen. But sometimes that's not going to bring the greatest return. Like of all things for you to do, if someone says, hey, could you do this, right? Yes. Well, maybe there's something that's higher priority for you and you're responsible for it. Yes. This is an opportunity for you to lead others and just empower them to say, hey, can you help me with this? I've got a couple of projects. I need to get ABC done. Can you take A off my plate? Uh, and to empower others, the ultimate goal of leadership isn't to just lead others. It's actually to, um, to empower others to lead others. So uh, for years, for years at youth conference, I would hang all the signs that go on all the doors and there's like 78 of them. I would dust the lights and I kind of knew because Brother Greg had taught me at one time, uh, this is what we do before youth conference, make sure the building is spotless and, and he kind of walked me through it. And so I did that for a lot of years. Well, then the year I went yeah. to college, guess what didn't happen? Yeah. But, and so they were like, well, Luke, we need you to, you're not going to be here. So we need your help like overseeing because you do so much. I'm like, I don't even know what I do. Well, Brother Greg passed it on to me but I didn't pass it on to anybody else. And so even now, I'll be honest, even now when I go back to youth conference, one of the things I always help make sure it happens yes. are the signs hung and are the, are the light bulbs dusted. I don't know why. I haven't yeah. been through the church in three years. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I'm like trying to find, okay, who's, the, who's that teenager who's going to take this on? Uh, but you have, to, you have to allow somebody else to get involved and empower them. And then inspect what you expect, but actually give them the chance to get it done. Uh, help lead them. I hope that makes sense. But, but Luke, you specifically sent me a text message last week, I think it was. You said, I love anything related to leadership and then being able to retain your people and build trust. So we've talked about that idea of building trust already. That idea of then leadership and in a church context, how does retaining people relate to this idea of leadership? Um, I don't know if you ever experienced this where you have someone that kind of was on your team or was following you or you were leading, you were guiding, you were counseling, you were discipling. And then for whatever reason, they just stopped. And and then you found out later that they stopped because they didn't trust you or because they felt that you were insincere or not transparent or judgmental, who knows, right? When you're a leader and people trust you, they follow you automatically. There is no thought about it. Like it's a natural form of people are going to gravitate to the strongest leader in the room. If you are the most trustworthy, strongest leader in the room, people will gravitate to you. And, and, and it's not always dependent on your results because I, I, there's a lot of people that will have to be this, this, this rhino of an individual who's going to be out there getting results. No, you have to be trustworthy. You have to care about people. And if you're those two things, the natural version is I'm going to do what's best for my people. And that is, that is leadership, right? And so as a thought for pastors that I know oftentimes they lose people and the first thing they blame is themselves. Sometimes it's not. So you have to look at that. But a lot of times people, people quit managers. They don't quit businesses and people leave pastors. Most of the time they don't leave churches. And I know that's a bold statement, but I've known a lot of people who have left. And most of the time it's because of the pastor. And I've known a lot, a lot of people who have stayed because of the pastor. I mean, they might not agree with that, all the other stuff. They may want things to be different, but they'll stay because they trust the heart of the pastor or the heart of the leader. In a work environment, um, we are a very high-paced company and we are results-oriented. And there's a lot of people who can't cut it. And um, it, it's, it makes it difficult. You have a high turnover, but it doesn't mean you have to have a high turnover. There is going to be turnover and there should be because of results. Results say a lot. Um, but if I can keep my people because they trust me and if they have a hard day or just because if they have, have a bad day, they know it's not because they have a bad job or a bad leader or a bad life. It's because they had a bad day and they need to come back tomorrow and I'm going to provide another venue for them to have a good day because I believe in them. I'm not going to fire them. Now, there is always a balance in that, 
but I've found that keeping my people is what brings me the greatest reward. I love my people and my team. And while that's not always best, because sometimes I can keep my team too long and they should have moved on to a better life themselves for whatever reason, right? Um, I find that if I can keep my people, I know that I'm successful because they are growing and learning and continuing to develop uh, versus me just writing them off and saying, well, they couldn't cut it. I hope that answers your question, but I believe, I believe trust is the foundation of leadership. Leadership is what keeps your people um, or develops your people to move on even past you into, into either an upgraded position or, or a position that meets their needs better. Because if you're leading just to lead, if you're leading just to be the leader or leading to say you're the leader or leading to get results just to prove that you're the leader, you're not really leading. You're still managing at that point. Leadership happens when you are more concerned about the success of your team whether they're on your team or whether you have to let them go because they're not successful and you're worried about the rest of the team, but leadership, it, it is about your people. And if it's not about your people, then it's really not leadership. And so I mean that there's always a goal, but I got to take my people to the goal. And if I'm doing that, they'll be successful. I'll be successful and teamwork and leadership will have happened. So am I hearing right out of all this, that it is possible to be not the pastor, but to still be a leader? <laughs> I believe that some of the most impactful people in churches today are not the pastor. They are the influencers who support the pastor. And by the way, I'm a, I'm a huge proponent, proponent of supporting your local pastor, but, but support him by not being the pastor. And that's a, that's a hard lesson. Like I have to say, I'm not the pastor. I am a support to my pastor so good. Uh, influencing for, for the glory of God and for where he's taking the church and the vision. Yeah. yeah. That's so good. So, as we are getting towards the end here of the time that we have together, what would just be a couple of resources that you uh, would say, man, if you are learning and growing in this area, you really need to look to this guy or to these books or to this podcast. What are some resources that you've enjoyed in your study? There's so many, and I've picked up more in the last year than I probably ever have. Um, I was for years was, it was John Maxwell, everything uh, because he's known as the leadership expert and, and I've tried to take some of his courses and I'm looking to get a certification through him. But I, I love his books. I think there's a book that we should start with so just to clarify out of all, I think he's got like 30 books out there. There are some that are my favorite uh, where I'm at right now, but there's some that I should have started with. And the five levels of leadership is where every leader should start uh, to talk about like, hey, what is potential leadership? How does it impact you? How do I go to the next level? So five levels of leadership by John Maxwell. Um, I use YouTube as a constant form of education. I am there. I look up leadership, this leadership, that if I'm trying looking for a specific subject or illustration, um, that's what I, that's my go-to because I, or, or uh, audio type podcasts. Um, there's several out there. Uh, Brian Sam's, Pastor Brian Sam's from Florida got a leadership podcast. It's life leadership and, and ministry. So from a leadership ministry standpoint, I'm enjoying that. Um, and, and he's got so much there. There's so much now, more than there ever was, but those are my go-to is John Maxwell books or books in general, uh, reading a lot, then YouTube. There's uh, there's a lot of good leaders out there. Anybody can feel free to message me on Facebook if that would be something I'll point in the right direction as much as possible. Well, and then I guess finally, what piece of advice do you have for guys on church staff, helping your pastor? Two, two things, I think. I might come up with a third just for fun. Um, if serving is beneath you, leadership is beyond you. So it comes down, and this is not, I didn't write that. I just, it's one of my favorite leadership quotes. Serving is beneath you, leadership is beyond you. And I believe I went to a college where servant leadership was exemplified as well as uh, 
uh, promoted, um, take out the trash. And sometimes that's what has to happen. Uh, don't, there's nothing too low for you to do uh, when it comes to what needs to happen. And then secondly is, is what I love. The reason I love this podcast idea is you're not the pastor. You get to support your pastor. And by the way, I may not agree with everything my pastor does, but the church never knows if I disagree. The pe- pastor will know that I've got his back no matter what decision he makes. Whether I like it or not, I'm not the pastor. He is, and he is the man of God at the moment. And I know that someday I will be that pastor. I'll be that individual who needs the support of those that are working with me and around me. And I'm hoping that uh, you reap what you sow, or I know you reap what you sow. And so um, you're not the pastor. So uh, that'd, be, that'd be my, my word so of yeah. uh, support your local pastor. Yeah, yeah I love it. Matt, Luke, thank you so much for the time that you uh, gave us today. I think, honestly, I, I was helped a ton, and um, I'm thinking that we're probably going to have a good number of people helped by the conversation that you gave us today. So thank you so much. Thank you. My privilege. Thank you so much. What a, what a privilege. Just had a fun conversation. Really, uh, really enjoyed this. Thank you. had a great time talking with Luke today. And I, I know that that content has been a help to me. Sure, appreciate him and his spirit, his attitude, and just his friendship. And boy, we, we have sure enjoyed the your support as a listener. We, we would just like to get this content in front of more listeners. And so you can help us with that specifically by, if you haven't already done this, subscribing and then rating us and reviewing us on the podcast platform that you use. And okay, let's be honest here. We want some five-star reviews. Okay. If you get, if you get a three-star review for us, that's okay. You can save that for later. Hey, give us those five-star reviews. We, we just want to make sure as many people as possible can, uh, can get this content and listen to it and be helped by it. And then also, if you'd like to be a part of the discussion, we have a Facebook page. We just encourage you to go there to Facebook and find us at not the pastor we'd love to hear your comments love to hear your feedback your input maybe even how that this episode or this series has been a help to you and that would just be a blessing to hear from until next week this is not the pastor